Hi, this is Cherise Kenyon and you're listening to the Beauty Me podcast all about beauty beyond the BS. This episode is literally me trying to separate beauty from BS. It's definitely an episode that's been on my mind for a couple of weeks and I've tried to prep it as much as I possibly can without sounding like I'm reading a script because it's an issue that I've been having trouble with processing and I'm hoping that by sharing it with you, you can weigh in with your, your not solutions, but your thoughts really. I'm briefly going to paint a picture of what the issue is. My subject is the one and only Grace Coddington, the fashion editor who is truly iconic. I don't need to just go all the way there with Grace. Just know that she is she is a big deal in every sense of the word. If you're remotely into fashion or reading fashion magazines, Grace was the creative director at American Vogue for almost three decades. And during that time, she absolutely impacted the face of fashion and marketing as we know it. In February 2019, she was photographed in her home by a photographer called Brian Ferry for a feature in a French lifestyle magazine. Let me just find out what that magazine was called. The name of that magazine was Flair and the series of images was very much about Grace at home. And so at the time, the photographer shared a series of the images on his Instagram, as you do. And he was quickly questioned by a lot of viewers as to why in one of the images do we see in pride of place displayed right above Grace's head, a row of four mammy jars in different sizes. People were outraged, but if you are wondering what a mammy jar is, let me quickly explain for you. The mammy jars in this picture are cookie jars in the image of a black mammy. These jars, as well as everything that you can think of when it came to domestic tools, such as salt and pepper shakers, kitchen bells, were created as objects of propaganda to show African-American people as ugly, docile and dumb often very stereotypical characters such as maids and other subservient roles. For most, they are offensive, but to some, especially in the American South, I would say, they are a symbol of nostalgia. Nostalgia perhaps for the good old days, the very white days, I guess. Perhaps the days when a black mammy would wipe your nose as a child and then make you biscuits. Okay, so that's where we're going. I'm also going to share a link to an article that gives a lot more information for you. I will share that in the show notes, but that's me briefly sharing with you that these products are products of propaganda and they're also extremely offensive. But back to Grace. As she grew up in Wales, I can't really think, you know, that it's a nostalgia thing. I don't think she had a black mammy back in Wales when she was growing up. So I think that makes it weird that someone such as Grace would collect these objects of racist propaganda. 
And when I say someone such as Grace, I mean a woman who seems to have a lot of intelligence and sway. She's often honoured in the pages of fashion titles all over the world. This is the Grace that has the most influential editors, designers, photographers and makeup artists in her phone contact. She's well connected. You know, you'd think she's pretty sensible as well. Pretty cognizant of the issues that we face in the world today. But anyway... As I said, I'm going to share a link to an article by Alicia Brown for the New York Times in the show notes. And in that article, she'll share with you why some white people choose to collect these racist icons. It's not about Grace Coddington. It's about, you know, white people in general that like to hang on to these little trophies. Back to the photographer, Brian Ferry. At the time, he went to the lengths of releasing a statement after the pictures came out. And he said, I'm sorry for my mistake and the hurt it caused. I am committed to doing better in the future. Now, for me, that statement is very reminiscent of many statements that people made throughout the year 2020 in the wake of the George Floyd murder and, you know, the height of the Black Lives Matter movement that whole sorry for my mistake and I'm committed to doing better. But at least Brian came out and said that he was very quick to come out and say that. And Grace didn't even have the desire to just copy and paste his response, let alone address it in her own way. In fact, her response to this day has been silence. We haven't heard an apology, let alone an acknowledgement from Grace. So that's the premise of this episode. I'm coming from that point of view as someone that recently made a video about the wondrous achievements of Grace Coddington. So far, that video has received over 30,000 views on TikTok, so it's not breaking any records. But out of those 30,000 views, it's had over 4,000 likes, almost 200 comments. And one of those comments alerted me to these mammy jars because I did not know about these mammy jars, or about these pictures. Somebody mentioned it and I actually thought it was a typo. I was like, mammy jars, mammy jars, what could she mean? And this person had said, yeah, I've always had a lot of love for Grace, but I can't see past the mammy jars. So it was in the back of my mind and I was like, Cherise, come on, you, you know, you know what she's talking about. So the next day, I googled Grace Coddington mammy jars as you do and there it was. I found the Alicia Brown article that I mentioned earlier and I also found an article called Innocent Old White Lady Racism and Grace Coddington and that was written by Jenna Riviecho on a site called coldculture.com and the title really moved me away from the American angle because yeah, the mammy jars, for me, they signify a lot about America. But I feel that over here in the UK, you can be in the most beautiful locations in Cornwall and walk past the shop and there's a little gollywog there. If you need to know what a gollywog is, I'll quickly find you a description. I think it was even on jam when I was growing up. So apparently it's doll-like character spelled gollywog g-o-l-l-i-w-o-g often shortened to golly which I've never heard myself and again it's a grotesque caricature of a black person specifically a black male 
So, yeah, back in the day, I guess white people really used to want to make fun of black people. And I think the gollywog might actually be more far-reaching than the mammy jars. Apparently, it's a, it's known as a racial slur in the UK, Germany, Ireland, Greece, Australia. So, yeah, lots of, you know, cute little racist connotations there. And that's what I'm saying with this article by Jenna Riviecho. She talks about the innocent old white lady concept. And that really threw it home to me because it's a different kind of racism. You know, they're not out there throwing petrol bombs. They're not out there shouting racist slurs. It's these little old ladies in their homes collecting their gollywogs and mammy jars and goodness knows what, because it's their own home. And, you know, in your own home, you can do what you like. Your home is your castle. They are politely racist in their own homes, I guess. They may even speak to, you know, people of color in the street from time to time. I didn't think that Grace Coddington would be one of these people, but perhaps she is. And that's why I have to do this episode because I cannot knowingly put out a TikTok that's telling thousands of people she did all these amazing things while ignoring that. So now I'm just like, can I say all the positives, all these amazing things that she's done and acknowledge that negative incident? So I wanted to do this episode for selfish reasons to see if I can answer some questions as I'm going through it. I think when it comes to grace alone, there are two specific questions. One is, can you separate five decades of work from one piece of evidence? We only know of one piece. I mean, gosh, maybe there's more. But can we separate five decades of work from one piece of evidence that hints at the possibility of someone either enjoying racist iconography or being a racist? Or can we accept the fact that many artists, creators, musicians over time will often research less than pleasant or palatable content on their journey towards a specific moment, a product, image or song? And even that asking that question feels a bit messy, I have to admit, but this is me trying to sound out the problem. And without Grace offering any context or apology, I'm taking it upon myself to ask these questions. Asking such questions, of course, kind of brings up cancel culture. But I think we've moved beyond cancel culture. I feel that that was a really reactive knee-jerk concept built on pure judgment and people just getting together on social media to take someone down. It wasn't very nuanced. It's often just about attack. But at the same time, I can understand why some people would want to attack because if it's something that's not just inherently poor taste, but it's something that's racist, sexist, misogynist, transphobic, then of course you want to take it down and, and bring it down. When it comes to the video that I made about Grace, I am not her biographer. I am not an historian. I didn't know everything. I cannot ever know everything. And I'm glad about that because as a journalist and photographer, I need to stay curious. But at the same time, yeah, I felt a responsibility that I didn't know that fact, even though only one person out of over 30,000 told me what's up with the mammy jars. You know, I I felt bad that I didn't know that because I am a nosy person. I do like to see what goes on behind closed doors. I do try and make an effort in my work to give the facts as often as possible. And 
you know, there's always going to be things that we can't see or have access to. And on this case, I, I wish I had known about Grace's curious racist collection of mammy jars. I have to ask myself, have I done a good job? Should I have taken the video down? And then I started to remember a video that makeup artist and brand founder Isamaya French had shared on YouTube last year. Now, I watched this in real time because I'm a big fan of Isamaya's work and her beauty brand, Isamaya Beauty. And this video in particular was Isamaya sharing her inspirational book collection. And I'm someone, I love books. I'm currently in the some kind of stage of moving house and I cannot wait to have my collection of books out. And Isamaya had some really beautiful books in there. One of them I bought straight away. It's a Japanese illustrator. She had books by makeup artists such as Kevin O'Quan, books that you would expect to see most likely in the collection of a makeup artist who's known for really breaking boundaries. So in the early seconds of the video, before Isamaya starts speaking, you can see this book and the name rang out to me immediately. It's Lenny Reifenstahl. And if you don't know Lenny, she was a photographer, a film director, an actress known for creating Nazi propaganda in the 1930s. Of course, Isamaya didn't pull out a book that was about Nazi propaganda. She pulled out a book that's about the Nuba people of central Sudan. And Lenny wrote this after her, her involvement with the Nazis. So perhaps that's why Isamaya simply describes Lenny as a documentary maker. Maybe she was unaware. Isamaya, being a makeup artist, just talks about the beauty of the Nuba people and mentions how they use scarification and just says it's a stunning book. Now, that video has only had around 4,000 views. It's not like her YouTube attracts hundreds and hundreds and thousands or millions of views. And there's just 20 comments. And one of those comments is from someone called 195CC. And they say, Dear Isamaya, thank you for showing us your bookshelf. I'm just wondering if you know that the book, The Last of Nuba, made by Lenny Reifenstahl, is made by the official cineast of the Third Reich herself. She used to be the official propaganda photographer and cineast and was a proper Nazi. I know she is really known for her work, but she legit created the visuals of the Nazi racial theories. Just so you know. But anyway, thank you for your videos. So it's a big shit sandwich there. And of course, Isamaya didn't respond to the comment. And to most of the viewers, I imagine that, you know, that was just a book amongst many other books that inspire Isamaya as an artist in her creative pursuits. Does having that book make her a Nazi sympathizer? Is the problem just in the fact that she ignored the comment? As she's an artist, do we just permit her to share what she wants and how she wants with no questions? And this is all aside from the fact that, ugh, I hate to say it, but Isamaya has been getting quite a few little negative bits of press lately. And recently she did get involved with answering back in the comments. And this was on her Instagram. She took a trip to Malawi that was apparently organized by Madonna and this trip included her visiting an orphanage and so cue images of dancing black school children super happy to see her and apparently and I say apparently because I never saw this content myself it was taken down at the time 
But before it was taken down, she absolutely fought back because the comments were asking, well, the comments were all about Isamaya having her white savior moment. And apparently, again, instead of remaining quiet, she was in the comments fighting back and made herself look a lot worse. I hear it was very cringy. I hear that she took the initial images down. But obviously, you know, there's always going to be someone that sees it. But I myself haven't seen it. And I didn't see Isamaya's responses. All I could find was a YouTube video from a beauty creator called Kaki Reviews Beauty. And she was talking about how cringe and problematic the footage was after she saw it on Isamaya's stories. So I'll share a link to that YouTube video for you. I'm not saying I couldn't find more. I'm pretty sure if I went on Reddit, I can find some more stuff. But honestly, I just found it a bit exhausting and boring and annoying because I'm someone who's openly and often supported the vision of Isamaya. Loved her pop-up. I've bought her products. But the reason I'm finding it exhausting is because I keep hearing things about Isamaya. And even very recently as last week, I heard that the brand Isamaya Beauty was excluding black people from events in New York. So, hey, if you work with the brand and that's untrue, absolutely let me know. But, you know, I just, I foresee future issues potentially. But obviously, Grace Coddington and Isamaya French are two very different entities. Grace is nearing the end of her career. She's in her 80s. And Isamaya, while she has a lot of experience already... She was the woman that brought Fragrance Brand by Rita into the makeup space back in October 2020. She's still very much at the beginning of her journey. So she might be able to blame her ignorance on her youth and she may well have some apology videos coming in the future. Grace might be able to blame her ignorance on being from another time, but I just think, no, you're Grace Coddington, like you know your references. You work so hard to create these stunning, beautiful narrative photo shoots that people will never forget. So you know. I don't know. It also makes me think of that phrase. You know, when we start saying these days, something didn't age well. I think it's a really polite way of saying this is a problem. <laughs> this TV show or music video is a problem. But I think with Grace, the fact that she didn't address it, I think that's the part that stings the most. And it makes me think, does she think, Grace being Grace, that she's above explaining anything about her home? Does she think there's no point talking about it because people just won't understand? Does she not care that thousands of people around the world who have held her and her work in such high esteem, many of them younger generations, just being inspired by her sheer talent, does she not care that they may now write her off as a racist old white lady? When I say it like that, I guess my mind also goes to, you know, for the past few years, I think ever since the pandemic, haven't we been told, don't care what anyone else thinks, like, do you focus on you? Don't let anyone hold you back. Don't let anyone tell you who you are. It's not as though when we say these statements of strength and, you know, confidence, it's not as though we say, don't let anyone tell you your opinion doesn't matter. Unless, of course, you're a racist. You know, there's no disclaimer. It's just like, do you? Only you know who you are. And maybe Grace has got a bit of that. And she's just like, no, I, I don't owe you anything. 
Someone who is really good at displaying racist and sexist undertones of the past is photographer, screenwriter, and videographer Dominic Rawl, a.k.a. Domo Draper. I found him really recently on TikTok, and he really sums up that concept of, well, that didn't age well. He often shares these really cool short films, but also he makes these videos where he plays two friends who are sitting together. They're getting ready to watch an old film for the first time. They're kind of excited. They're looking forward to it. And while one of them will be sitting there pretty much enjoying the film, the other one will start looking sideways like, is this for real? This feels awkward. So a recent example, which I'll share in the show notes, is Domo's take on the 1961 Audrey Hepburn movie Breakfast at Tiffany's. In the fashion industry, this is absolutely an iconic movie. It's legendary. The jewelry, Audrey Hepburn's hair, which was the classic, very 60s updo, her sunglasses, very Jackie Kennedy. The little black dress, the concept of the little black dress was likely born from this film. A woman having a little black dress that she can just throw on for a party. It's legendary and has absolutely influenced numerous photo shoots. But there's also the problematic case of the very popular, the very white, very American actor, Mickey Rooney, who's playing a Japanese neighbor, Mr. Yunioshi. He's given these ugly fake teeth and adopts the most stupid, apparently Japanese accent. It is painful to watch and makes a perfect example of things not aging well. And even at the time, back in the 60s, some reviewers said they felt the caricature was offensive. But when I say something's painful to watch, I've started to wonder, is that just because I'm from a so-called minority? Is that why we still today, you know, we still cannot all you know, get along in inverted commas, because if you're white, do you simply just not notice these things? When you're white, do you actually get to enjoy everything without ever having to consider that, oh, that that could be a little bit prejudiced? Could that possibly mean that, is that what racism looks like or feels like? Because if things are that bad in 2023, I don't even know what to say. For me, watching certain things can be painful, especially when it's happening to a person that's in a minority. I can feel pain at watching something that happens to a white person, but I don't know if we get that same attention back. Do you know what I mean? So to kind of, I'm getting near the end now, but I've just got more questions. That's all I've got. And my latest question now is, can you ever make a mistake and come back from it? And I think, yes, you can, because If you do something when you're 25, I do not think you're the same person at 35 or 45 or 55. I hope you're not. I hope that if you did this awful thing at 25, you know at 35 that that was wrong and you will do your best to ensure you never do that thing again. And in fact, you, you go one further and you educate people on why those things should not be done. Another question is, can you ever make a racist mistake and come back from it? (laughs) I don't know if I can say yes to that one because I am not white. I don't get to move so freely. You know, I don't even get to speak as openly. My audience is very much split, I think, between black and white 
mostly people who identify as women and you know I'm half I'm half white I'm half Jamaican for me I I just don't feel that racism can ever be excused I don't know if you can change as a racist because I'm sorry I think if you're a racist it's in you it's like innate your reactions as you see a black person wearing a hoodie as you cross the street like that's in you your reaction when the name on the CV sounds very white slash English and then the person that turns up in front of you is a black female. You know, it's in you to make that, to have that reaction. So can you make a racist mistake? I don't know. Can you be someone who is not racist and have a mammy jar in your house? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the answers. What I do have are some answers that I got back from a poll that I shared on my Instagram stories. I gave four different options. I'll read them out to you here alongside the question and then I'll give you the poll results. So the question I asked was what I asked earlier. Can you separate five decades of work from racist imagery? The options I gave were one, yes, we can with context. Two, no, it all comes from the same source. You know, the same person did it. Three, no, and she should at least be made to explain. And four, no, and I will no longer support her work. So that was quite a strong one, number four, and that definitely got people agreeing with it, actually. And I will say that the people that voted for that were definitely people in their 20s. People are very aware of what's happening in the world. The final results were 19% of people said, yes, you can separate the work from the imagery with context, which would be great if we had the context, but we don't. 26% said, no, it's all the same source. It's, you know, Grace's work, but it's also Grace's collection of mammy jars. The largest percentage, 45% said no, and she should be made to explain. I think that's where I sit. I, I want an explanation. And just 10% said no, and I will no longer support her work. But as I said, that's still 10%. And it was, I definitely could see it was some of my younger followers and friends that said they will no longer support Grace's work. One thing I will say is remarkably, no one who took part in this poll knew of the images before so I, I just, I felt a little bit better about that because, you know, I'm in this industry and I didn't see the pictures of Grace, but nobody that took part in this poll had seen the pictures of Grace before and the amount of shock, dismay and disgust in my DMs was palpable. So while I can share those responses with you, is it, you know, when it comes to truth, I think all I have is that it is absolutely easy for white people to walk away from and deny racism. And perhaps that's why someone like Grace doesn't even think she should bother dealing with it. She's she's hanging on to that privilege. As a final thought, I wanted to share a story that one of my favorite TikTok voices, Denisha Carter, shared recently. I took a screenshot as it was a story, so I knew it wouldn't last long, but I just felt that she worded this perfectly. And although she's not talking about racism it definitely stood out to me she'd shared somebody else's tweet and then added to it and I'm just focusing on her words but she's basically agreeing with the tweet because it was focused on 
knowing when you should detach yourself from someone when they are no longer compatible with you. So talking about relationships, you know, those friends that just feel toxic for you, family members. And I just thought, I think we should use that a lot more freely when it comes to celebrities or big names or heroes. You know, we are not bound to anybody, especially when we don't know them. So Denisha said, I'll never tell you to change yourself, but I will tell you what I don't like or say nothing at all if it's not worth it and remove myself. I choose who I'm surrounded by and don't take that privilege lightly. I'll only be around what I want and what I like. Now, like I said, Denise is not talking about racism and she's definitely not talking about Grace Coddington or Isamaya French. But I think that rule of removing yourself and denying that person access is a good start. And that access, yeah, it might just be a social media follow. But that's what we can do. It's something you do for yourself. It's not going to affect them. Let's be real. It'd have to be in the millions. It would have to be millions of people deciding to never again share a single image of Grace Coddington. Would that matter? She's already made a lot of money and status from it. Plus, I think that's actually unfair to the models, the photographers, the set builders who have put so much time into helping Grace achieve those visions. Because let's remember that she is the instigator. She's the idea person. She's had to use her connections to really make these stories come to life. And I don't know if I'd want to never see those images again. So yeah, I'm leaving in your hands now. I am done, but I want to know what you think. Let me know over in the DMs. Feel free to send me a voice note over on Beauty Me Podcast on Instagram. I'd love hearing voices and it's also good for future content for me to share but let me know what you think you can find beauty me podcast on instagram or twitter you can also find me on tiktok at sharice kenyon and i'll probably share some of this content in my newsletter which you can subscribe to for free at beautymenotes.substack.com i really appreciate every listen and as it's my birthday week or month It would be amazing if you could take a second. That's all it takes to leave the show a five-star review on Spotify or take a few more seconds and write a review at Apple Podcasts. It would really mean so much. It helps the show be seen. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.